It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 30, the Ken Griffey Jr. edition of the podcast. What can I say about that legend? Ten-time gold glover, seven-time silver slugger, obviously in the Hall of Fame, and he would have been even more amazing had it not been for the slew of injuries in his career. He had the sweetest swing that I've ever seen in baseball, and he was the front man for my favorite baseball game ever for the Super Nintendo. The weird thing about that game was that they didn't actually actually have the license for player names, so only Ken Griffey Jr.'s name was correct. Each team had a, a different theme. For example, the Kansas City Royals guys were named after American presidents. The Angels were famous actors. The Blue Jays, if you're wondering, were players from the Wigan Warriors rugby team based in England. Totally random, right? But not as random as when I played the game a few years back and discovered the Pittsburgh Pirates were named after Coronation Street characters. True story, yes. That show that's been playing for years, I've watched it for over two decades. The only one of my parents, four kids, to actually care about the show, after taking a week off to visit my family in our prayer, I thought it would be apropos, good word, to have on a good friend of mine from said arm prayer. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, and now welcome on my great friend Spiros Karadakis. I've known him since I was a wee chap in Iron Prior, and I've mentioned him a few times on this podcast for his outlandish, decent word, sports takes. I'm sure he's got a plethora, better word, of hot ones to discuss now. Welcome to the H-Dog Pod, Spiros. Mike, thank you for having me. I am uh, honored to be on the 30th episode of the H-Dog Pod. This has uh, been a highlight of my life, and uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, just really excited. It's, uh, it's uh, of course, a Milestone episode. Normally, I don't care about Milestones, as I'm, as I'm sure you know, but I have a new sponsor, Milestones, and they've uh, indicated I must, every time there is a Milestone, I must discuss Milestones ad nauseum for the entire episode, pretty much. So uh, they're on board now for the H-Dog pod, and uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of a funny marriage that's not really made in heaven, considering I don't like Milestones, but here we are. <laughs> What's your beef with with milestones, Mike? Ah, they're, just, they're just so random and arbitrary, almost just because they're a random number. I understand if uh, a milestone, if someone's passing someone significant in, a, like, say, all-time scoring, for example, like you know, say Ovechkin uh, passes someone in the all-time list, I'm fine with that. But when it's just a random, like this guy is playing a second hundred NHL game, second hundred NHL game, who cares? I don't care if he's playing a second NHL, sorry, 200th NHL game. It makes no difference to my life. And if they play 291 games, isn't that better? But no one talks about that. I just think that it's just, it's just a random round number. It is completely useless and uh, doesn't make any sense to me. But sorry, having said that, milestones are amazing. Milestone restaurants, the greatest of all time. And they're incredible. They're huge. They're amazing. Well, Mike, you're 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 not only in the sports industry, you're in the entertainment industry, right? So what if like when Seinfeld had their 100th episode, and they did the two episode best of series. Like I think you got to do a thirty episode best of because you got so much material here. If I, you're ready to do a best of episode, I think. Can I be honest with you? Uh, when I went back home uh, to Iron Prayer uh, for the last week to see the family, and I didn't have an episode this last week, I actually was going to do a, a best of episode for episode thirty. I will listen to the first couple. Not as horrible as I thought uh, they were, but then I got lazy. I'm like, there's just a lot of episodes to go through. So I just sort of stopped that. But yeah, you're, you are right. At some point, I should do that. But laziness was, uh, won, uh, won over that battle. Classic Mike Harrison mm. would chose great potential, but if only he applied himself more. I'm pretty sure that was probably on every report card growing up, right? <laughs> yeah, and those, those report cards weren't uh, overly stellar. Uh, they were decent. I mentioned in the intro, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball was my favorite 
Super Nintendo uh, baseball game of all time. What are the ones that you loved uh, most ever for baseball and sports video games? Well, ba- baseball, yeah, you got to go to Ken Griffey. We used to battle playing uh, Ken Griffey all the time in the uh, the basement in Arm Prior. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember that one time? Uh, I, I I probably was talking way too much trash, but I beat you. I don't, uh, don't remember I I forget. I remember I was, I remember I was just, I was beating you quite handedly. It wasn't, it wasn't a competitive match by any means. Baseball, baseball is probably one of the worst games where you can play when you're behind. (laughs) Let's be fair. Like baseball, me and my brother used to play all the time. If you're down big by the fifth or sixth inning, you just want to turn it off. You don't want to keep playing. uh, I do remember Costa would oftentimes uh, turn off uh, the system when he was losing. Yeah, yeah, Costa would, or Costa would convince Chris to turn off, my oldest brother, to turn off the system. So if you don't turn it off yourself, that means you didn't quit. If someone randomly <laughs> came by, even though you were promising them a buck or two or something, oh, that's then good. that's fair game. So that's that's how we would operate in the household. Usually the third brother that wasn't playing in the game would normally be two bucks richer by the end of it. But uh, we, we played MLB PA baseball all the time. Do you remember that game? I don't remember that at all. So... Well, I don't remember. Okay, the song. I, I was losing. I lost to you in that game. Like I was getting crushed in that game. Oh, okay. No, no, no. So uh, back to that story. So Ken Griffey, I demolished you and then you just disappeared. You're like, ah, can I go get some ice cream or something? So you go upstairs like you always would. I don't think you grew up with much junk food in the house. So no, you love coming not. over to our place. Yeah. yeah and, and kind of going through our freezer and our uh, junk food drawer. But Rated, you yeah. went upstairs, you had your ice cream and I don't know, it was probably 20, 30 minutes later. I go upstairs. I'm like, where's the ice cream? I'm like, man, Mike put it in the fridge. Is that his way of getting back at me? <laughs> he decides I'm going to get back at him by making sure that his ice cream, his cookies and cream ice cream Ooh, was going to, yeah, cookies and cream is literally just going to die a slow death here. So luckily I caught it in time. No ice cream got wasted, but, uh, I think still to this day, you were, or at least when we last talked about this, you were saying that, uh, you didn't mean to do it. There was no, uh, ill will or any, any anger in, or maliciousness. Cannot confirm that, but... nor deny any of the allegations. <laughs> I, I actually, I do remember the incident, but I don't actually remember putting that in the, in the fridge, but that, uh, that might've been a power move before anyone ever said the expression power move. What do you say? Uh, MLB PA baseball. I honestly don't remember, remember that game oh, whatsoever. MLB, MLB PA baseball was phenomenal. So we played that one. Uh, I would always be the blue Jays. And this was, I think this was 94. So you had, you had obviously, uh, I think Henderson was leading off Alomar, Carter, Devon White, Sprague, Borders, Fernandez. So you had all those guys. It was actually like the gameplay was perfect. Uh, the only thing is it, it was impossible to uh, to hit uh, because it wasn't like Ken Griffey where you had the circle so you could see where the ball was going. Mm-hmm. So uh, Costa and I would have a rule where it would be simply you had to pitch strikes and you could only change the speed up. So that's the only way we could really play that game. So every pitch was a strike, but it was pretty difficult if you were facing Randy Johnson, which Costa would always choose Seattle. Mm-hmm. I would always have the Blue Jays, and that was the only way uh, to really get a good game out of it. But that game uh, still holds up today and probably is the best game still on uh, wow. Super Nintendo. Wow, that's really? what I think. Now, that's, now Perry... Have you name dropped Perry Legakis on this uh, on I, this pod before? I, I don't. I do not believe. Thank you for listening and, and confirming that. Uh, I do not believe I have <laughs> done that. Uh, no, sorry, Perry. So he still plays the Super Nintendo all the time. Oh, so he good. actually has a. So he plays. What baseball game does he play? He plays like the baseball simulator game. I don't know if it's like baseball two thousand or something. It's RBI baseball like each, maybe. 
Or is that, is is that, that regular the, Nintendo? I don't know. It's the one where you can, you can essentially, uh, what is it? You choose a pitcher that normally has the, well, the good pitchers have like four or five traits where they actually have like super fastball. Uh, they have like an invincible pitch, a fire pitch. So they have all these different, do you, you don't remember that one? Eh? No, 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 not at all. It's weird. Uh, but I did say in my, in my intro, you were talking about how you're the blue Jays. I said in my intro that, uh, uh, it was so weird, uh, for kangaroo junior baseball, other than him, no other players had the their names. So they didn't have the license to to say the players' names. So the Blue Jays had a, their team was a, a rugby team from England was the name of, of their players. So so <laughs> random, like it was just all over the map. This game, so uh, that game, but I, oh, it's just so good. That's the one I, I definitely remember the most. Well, no one no one had a sweet swing like Ken Griffey, right? So I yeah, guess that's why he best. had his. Uh, I, I still uh, I actually just remember this. Remember remember how. Uh, in elementary school, you'd get these scholastic orders where they send you home with uh, uh, options to buy just the newest R.L. Stein books and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all yeah. the. So I remember uh, I actually I actually purchased because I was money hungry back then. If I had money, I had to spend it. <laughs> I was d- horrible with money. I don't know how I became a financial planner, but uh, I spent money and I got a cool Ken Griffey uh, Jr. Riptide poster. Uh, and it wasn't even for me. I actually gave it to Costa because he, uh, I had already bought a Michael Jordan poster as well too. So I justified spending the money and uh, and said it was a gift. So that's how my parents just said, "Okay, fine, go ahead." <laughs> but uh, I, I I wouldn't buy a book. Instead, I bought a poster from the Scholastic Order. But it was a Ken Griffey Jr. Riptide poster, which was pretty sick. Junior swinging a drive deep to right field down the line. There it goes. Goodbye baseball. He did it. Holy smoke, Ken Griffey Jr. God, it's too bad that some of the injuries just piled up and he wasn't able to be as, as effective as he would have been. Uh, and he, of course, was still a Hall of Famer. Still incredible. Did his injury start before he left Seattle or did they start with Cincinnati? I think it was when, uh, around like maybe early 30s with Cincinnati when he wore number 30. I think it was yeah around 32 to like 36, somewhere around there. I could be wrong about that. I, uh, I, but I believe it was around that time that, that at least that's uh, how I remember it. Maybe I misremembered it, but, uh, yeah, that, that's when that sort of happened toward the end and, and he sort of limped toward the end of his career, which most players do. Unless you're steroid aided, maybe, maybe, but, uh, um, unless you're big poppy, David Ortiz, who had the, made one of his best seasons ever in his last season. I actually have an outstanding bet with a mutual friend, Gavin Lee. He thinks uh, Big Poppy will not be a first battle Hall of Famer. I said, of course he will be, because everyone loved him. He brought, what, was it three or two? I think it was three World Series titles to Boston. Had the phenomenal final season. Uh, there's, a, there's some suspicion that he also potentially took some performance-enhancing stuff. But for some reason, some players get a pass on that stuff. Uh, and other players, they just get eviscerated, good word, for that stuff all the time. And uh, Big Poppy, no problem. No one even cares. It's weird. Yeah, I'd say Big Poppy and probably Andy Pettit was were the two that, that I would name? say are. I legitimately yeah. was going to say Andy Pettit. Wow. Yeah. K- well, there Spears. you go, Mike. Kendrick Spears. Uh, in terms of other uh, uh, sports video games, I loved NHL 96 uh, for Super Nintendo. That was the first uh, hockey game you could actually make trades, which was amazing. You'd, you'd trade like a 58 overall for a 60, a 60 for a 62, so on and so forth. So <laughs> a few years ago, I wasted too much of my time. I took the Whalers and I traded... Uh, for a bunch of players, I literally had an entire roster of all Hall of Fame players. Not one player wasn't a Hall of Famer for the Whalers. For two seasons, that I didn't play a single game. I just simulated all of it. They missed the playoffs both years. So apparently, <laughs> that was a lot. Of, that was a lot of wasted time. And I guess the uh, the game was just like the heart for Whalers. They suck. They can never make so the playoffs. Not- 
So 96, who'd you have? You had uh, Wah, Hasek, Brodeur. Who was your goalie then? I think Corey it was, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> I think it was, uh, it was probably Patrick Wah and Dominic Hasek. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And obviously Lemieux yeah. and Gretzky. And obviously Gretzky being the, best, the greatest player of all time, you have to have him on, uh, on, on the roster, right? Well, no, that's the thing. So you're saying it's 96. So Gretzky was playing against actually good hockey players at that point. So Gretzky probably shouldn't even been uh, shouldn't have been on your team. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so he's the greatest player of all time, that Hall of Famer. Clearly, so that's why. Uh, yeah, he still he wasn't as as amazing. He was still very very good at that point. With uh, but he still was uh, definitely worth having on the team. No, we we've, we've had this debate before. You know where I stand there, Mike. If well, you no. want if you want to get into it. <laughs> yes, let's get into it. That's why I had the segue. That perfect segue to bring that up. So, yeah, you yeah. don't think Wayne Gretzky is the greatest of all time uh, for hockey. Uh, discuss. Yeah, no. So I'm I'm of the belief that uh, against his peers, he obviously was the greatest statistical player of all time. Uh, but I'm not going to give him greatest of all time. The, the skill level in hockey in the 80s and prior, uh, the way I see it is, Anyone that played in uh, in that time period just shouldn't be considered uh, greatest of all time, just because too difficult to tell. But you just like, can see. So ju- they're they're basically screwed over just because they accidentally happened to be playing in the eighties, like that. that, that that's I, I wouldn't say screwed over. This is not a popular, uh, you know, uh, take uh, that it. I'm uh, that I'm giving here. But uh, <laughs> uh, I would say they get uh, more benefit of the doubt, if anything, because uh, Gretzky's considered the greatest of all time, which. Uh, if you look at his stats when uh, the 90s came around and hockey did improve quite a bit more, uh, Gretzky was uh, above average, right? Wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, his... was above average. He went to the Kings in 93. Yeah, he shouldn't have gone there, though. There was That was NHL aided. They were uh, yeah. they were definitely trying to get the, the LA market. Over. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Leafs definitely did. Yeah. So, uh, no, I've always been a give me a Lemieux over Gretzky any day. Uh, give me Ovechkin's ability to score over over Gretzky any day. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just never been I've never been high on Gretzky. But if you just give uh, uh, Gretzky's assists, no, don't even count his goals. Just his assists are more points than any other NHL player in, in history. Just his assists are more than any points for players. That seems uh, has to account for something. Yeah, no, I, I still don't think so. The, the, I, I honestly think I am an atrocious hockey player. I think if I played in the 80s with my athleticism today, I'd probably put up about 95 points a year. I don't think I'd get to that 100, Mike, but uh, I think I'd get there. No, I honestly I honestly don't think uh, we're there, Mike. I think uh, at the end of the day, there are different sports where you look at it and you say, okay, uh, you have to almost discount certain generations or certain uh, decades. In basketball, you, you really have to start in the 80s. Uh, for the NBA and hockey, you got to start in the nineties. Uh, so and baseball, do you, do you say 80s for basketball only because that's your boy, Michael Jordan started in the eighties. Is that, uh, that's your uh, it's, it's even, it's, because? it's, it's even tough. Cause I, I would put, uh, like I look at the kind of the type of players that played in the eighties and there was, that's when the, the strong players, uh, kind of started the well-rounded, like the magic Johnson's, the Larry birds, the Moses Malone, Charles Barkley, all those guys. Uh, but the, but you look you look at the rosters and it was still pretty pretty weak in respect to uh, you know unathletic players that uh, wouldn't survive in the NBA on a on a 15 man roster today. So the for the NBA I still struggle with the 80s. Uh, I, I prefer the 90s and actually even going back and trying to watch 90s basketball uh, with obviously not having live sports right now. I, I tried watching a Seattle 
Seattle Supersonics uh, Bulls finals from 96. And and that was just difficult basketball compared to basketball today. Like basketball today is just more athletic, faster pace. Like back then you were seeing scores 78 to 85 and just, whoa, just difficult whoa, whoa, to watch. Whoa, 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 78 to 85. You said the score backwards. That, that is a you do that on purpose? <laughs> I, I, I kind of handcuffed myself because I said 78 first and I didn't want to go lower. So <laughs> That drives me absolutely insane when someone said it. Yeah, the score is 3-6. No, the score is 6-3. Makes no Honestly, sense. God. But but that that being said, it's just ice hockey. I would go uh, with uh, okay, the 90s. Okay. okay. <laughs> now I know, definitely know you're just trolling. Ice yeah, hockey. Holy. Okay, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, our friend Cody Leslie a couple of weekends ago on a Facebook or yeah Facebook discussion said ice hockey. I I literally just I lo- pretty much lost my mind. I don't understand how anyone could ever call it ice hockey. Yes, of course there's field hockey and ice hockey. I get all these things, but if you call it ice hockey, you basically are the same type of person who calls it a candy bar or a soda. Like, just stop. Just I don't. Just please stop talking to me. Uh, it's hockey, not ice hockey. Are, are you done? Are you cool down, Mike? I think so, yeah. I, I triggered myself there for a sec, yeah. Uh, or I guess you triggered Fired me. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that's my feeling. Also, Gretzky wasn't even good enough to uh, to uh, put his name in the hat for the shootout in Nagano. Like, uh, like come yeah. on, if you're the greatest of all time, you're... you're uh, that's definitely a controversial uh, you got to be one of the five, yeah. I'm pretty sure so, uh, he, uh, he was, uh, for some reason, was not picked for that, which is kind of wild. In the end, though, Gretzky, overrated. Uh, Lemieux, greatest of all time. And uh, give me Crosby. Give me uh, Ovechkin uh, over Gretzky. But that's just my take. Uh, It happens to be the right take. And uh, your listeners will uh, likely agree, but... (laughs) Uh, probably too uh, too fearful to uh, to join the the uh, the side of the uh, the hot take side, but that's good. It, it is definitely an interesting one, and I referenced another one, a hot take of yours. That I definitely got very triggered over recently uh, in episode twenty seven with Kristen Murphy, uh, but how you think Tiger Woods is not the greatest golfer of all time? I definitely lost my mind on that one for sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm almost certain you were just saying that just to get me going, but that one is just an asinine argument. Uh, crazy. Did did it work? It definitely worked because I, I, it got me going. Like, you could obviously say Jack Nicholas might be because he does have uh, more majors. Although, Jack Nicholas has 18 majors with 19 runner ups. So, if you're that feared and then that you're that incredibly amazing, don't you think uh, instead of being 18 and 19 for first and second, shouldn't it have been like, uh, you know, 25 and 12 or something? Maybe even better, maybe 30 and, uh, and seven, something like that. So, Jack Nicholas cannot be considered the greatest of all time, even though he does have so, more majors than Tiger. So, so that's a similar argument that you hear about LeBron James, where LeBron James has gone to nine championships, but he's three and six. So you would rather have a player that is not even in the running uh, and, and kind of be out of the top ten than, uh, than kind of be in that final grouping or, well, or a few shots back and lose. It's, it's, it's good you bring that up. Actually, that uh, now that you say it, actually kind of definitely thinks makes me think about uh, Eli Manning, how everyone loves Eli Manning. Oh, you won two Super Bowls. He's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer, blah, blah, blah. Eli Manning missed the playoffs almost every single year of his career, uh, for the most part. He made, uh, I'm not sure exactly, but obviously he won the two Super Bowls as a wild card team. Uh, they were definitely big-time underdogs in both those games against uh, the Patriots. But he'd missed the playoffs like four every, every five years or three out of four type of thing. And yeah, I remember yeah, I, my, I, I had buddies years ago who, who were saying Eli was better than Peyton because Eli had, had had two Super Bowls at that point to Peyton's one. And sort of the same thing. Like Peyton Manning always made the playoffs, always had a first-round bye. He was incredible but because he didn't win as much. It was like, oh, Eli's better, which is absolutely insane. That's just crazy talk. So first thing, uh, the Giants were in a much 
more difficult position having to take the Cowboys twice a year. So mm. that's not an envious position to be in. So that's, uh, that makes life a little bit more difficult for Eli Manning. Oh, yeah, uh, course, second yeah. thing, uh, oh, wow. second thing, uh, we kind of passed over the Tiger Woods commentary mm. there. True. My biggest issue with Tiger Woods and why I was, uh, yes, trying to rev you up, but also, uh, there's some truth behind this as well too. I do have an issue with the fact that Tiger Woods never comes back uh, from like, you know, shots down or being outside of the final grouping mm-hmm. to come back and win a major mm-hmm. that, that I feel like if you're, if you're truly, you know, the greatest of all time, the ability to, you know, uh, come uh, come and just demolish the competition. You got to be able to come from behind yeah. in golf, <laughs> in golf. Uh, so, so cause in golf, you have the opportunity to do so. Right. So what you're basically saying is Tiger Woods, because he was too good and he was winning all these tournaments, you're downplaying his success and his wins. Because if Tiger Woods was crappier, maybe four times or five times, and he was like six shots back as opposed to six shots ahead, and he somehow would have won, you would have actually given him more props for losing and then going on to win as opposed to just being so amazing to begin with that he won the tournament. That makes no sense to me. I'm saying he's played enough tournaments where he wasn't so good, where he couldn't figure out his way to get through it and come from behind and win. That, uh, that's a fair argument, and no, uh, no. I think it, I think that's the case because I'm making it. So No, because uh, then he had won the Masters this <laughs> last year from behind, the 2019 Masters, and so that, that argument is completely moot. Uh, sorry, Tiger. Sorry, Tiger, for being too good that you were dominating everyone, uh, that, that you were winning all these golf tournaments. You know, But if you were to have been losing after three rounds, then okay, okay we'll, we'll give you some more uh, better marks. But uh, yeah, shame on you, Tiger, for being too good. All right, fine. That's that's fair. That's fair. I, I actually, I, I was, I think I was trying to get you going saying that Brooks Kepka was going to be uh, win more majors than Tiger Woods. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but this goes back to my Gretzky happening. argument where uh, there's just far more competition today. So uh, it's, it's, we'll it's, see how that turns out. It's not happening. Brooks Kepka will not only because, and he's obviously an incredible talent, but there's so many young players and we don't even know about yet that are coming up. Either they're just coming up now or we don't even know about a few years from now. Brooks Koepka, I'm sure, will have a, a family later on. There's going to be a lot of different uh, possible things that you know he'll be not distracted, but he'll be thinking about, understandably. And to be able to have that level of competition, he's already, I think he's 30 or 31. Uh, there's no way that he's going to... There's no chance he's going to uh, even come close to Tiger Woods' record. And by the way, they both won one major last year, so it's not like Brooks won all four and Tiger Woods won zero. Many doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. The return to glory. I I actually uh, think he's more likely to never win a major again as opposed to eclipsing Tiger's record. Yeah, I think that's what we were we were fake fake betting on, right? You were claiming that he was never going to win or I think only going to win three I, more or something. I think he still he still will win. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that 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 record is like I remember back in the day thinking Tyra was going to win thirty majors, uh, and the pace he was on, he definitely would have. But then of course all of the injuries and you know the, the, the different distractions and family members who passed away and there's just life gets in the way, and so then Tyra Woods wasn't able to go on that incredible tear still. So at some point, Brooks Koepka, oh, he has had injuries, going to have injuries, going to have different uh, things going on in his life. It's just, it's so hard. Um, you know, Jordan Spieth hasn't won in three years after dominating and winning three majors early in his career. Rory McIlroy hasn't won. He won four majors, hasn't won a major in six years. And he looked like he was just going to set all these sorts of records. It's so I, damn I hard to win in golf. I don't know if it was that documentary that aired like 20 years ago, but 
let's not count out Sergio Garcia. I think he still has some golf left in him as well. I do love Sergio, and I actually, uh, when he won that Masters, I thought, okay, finally he's won his major. Uh, he finally was able to get over the hump. I thought, okay, now Sergio is going to start winning more majors because he's going to be free, but uh, you know, not actually be, uh, the pressure of trying to win one. He's been downright terrible at the majors since then. But if Sergio had beaten Tiger in that 1999 PGA at Medina, it was a crazy battle. They went both back and forth. If Sergio wins that major, it's 1-1. Sergio and Tiger. Tiger wins to go 2-0, and now it's 15-1. So yeah, it is pretty crazy. <laughs> it's, it's pretty nuts. Uh, yeah, Sergio, since winning that Masters, uh, a couple of okay results, 21st, uh, 37th. Then he missed the next, oh my God, he missed the next seven cuts at majors. And then uh, 52nd and 67th. So, yeah, for some reason, after winning that major, he's been horrific at them. So just kind of weird how that works, how that works out. Yeah, championship hangover. It happens to all the greats, I guess. So give it time. He'll, he'll figure it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. A, a huge reason I wanted to have you on the podcast. So we did we did reference Eli Manning and Peyton Manning earlier. Uh, we definitely have to discuss uh, one of your favorite takes about NFL quarterbacks, specifically how much money they get paid and how they can uh, screw over a team's uh, chance of winning the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes signing a record contract recently, over $500 million with the Chiefs. Crazy deal. I'm assuming you hate the deal and you think the Chiefs should just trade him? Yeah, well, uh, to, uh, first I don't want to tell you how to do your job, Mike, but I just mentioned championship hangover. I literally teed up uh, a segue for you. And you, like I would have said, speaking of championship hangovers, how do you think this new contract for Patrick Mahomes is going to turn out? Mm. Do you think the Chiefs will have a championship mm. hangover? Mm. So I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but just so, just be better. If, so that just part, be better if you could. This will be this part will be edited. edited uh, it's a hard <laughs> word to say. I've said that before. Edited out of the podcast. That part will be edited out of the podcast. Obviously, uh, yeah, Patrick. Mahomes, I'm kidding. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, crazy contract. So, what do you think? So as good as good as that Tiger Woods debate was, and all of our Gretzky debates have been, uh, we we kind of got into it. Uh, that was a heated debate when we were going into the Mahomes situation, mm -hmm. and uh, I was saying that uh, the Chiefs should just trade him mm -hmm. uh, for a stupid amount of picks if they can find anyone that's willing to uh, to uh, you know. I, I think there'd be suitors anyways because uh, quarterback is obviously an important position. But if if someone was willing to give like a RG three type haul with uh, five or six first round picks and pick swaps and everything that you can do in the NFL, I would, I would do it. Now, that being said, that $500 million contract is insane. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm okay with it for Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't think, wow. I think at the end of the, uh, let, listen, hear this me is out. Even crazier, I think, Dick. I think, I think the chiefs, they're going to be in an interesting position. For him. Listen, listen, listen. So you've got right now, uh, he's still low salary cap. It's not gonna is not gonna be a serious cap hit for the next two years. Uh, so it's gonna give them an opportunity to maybe win one or two more Super Bowls, uh, and then it's gonna be a stupid cap hit where they're not gonna win. Uh, but then there's a new TV contract that's coming out with the NFL. You don't know what the cap hit's gonna be. So the Chiefs may be actually in an advantageous position uh, seven years down the road. Absolutely. Right? So for the I, think final... a, I think this is a great deal for the Chiefs. This is a horrible deal for Patrick Mahomes. Maybe yeah, not horrible, there's but not, not great. There's, there, there's not, there's like, I know there's like, uh, there's something special in the deal where he's given his guaranteed contract one year sooner, which isn't common in the NFL. They can essentially cut you and you don't earn any more money. But the, the guaranteed money is only what, like $140 million? Some Something along those lines. Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 I have a random phone call here. Uh, let's decline that one. 
Uh, sorry if you uh, didn't hear me for a sec there. I have a random phone call. So many random uh, scam calls recently. Oh, it's just it, it's just uh, crazy. Have you gotten a lot of those? Yeah, but you know what? I figure once you give your visa number and social insurance number out, uh, like then after that, it's like okay, time to hang up. What else can I give you, right? <laughs> Man, it, it, it and it's always the first six digits or like a seven digits of your phone number uh, for me, and then and then of course the last four are a different number. But it's like it, it happens all of the time recently. It is it is nuts. So yeah, uh, for a sec there, that heated debate was uh, interrupted, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So so okay. So you think that the Chiefs are in a much better position because Mahomes. That's the thing. Mahomes may have may have th- thought at this point, I better get my money now because mm. he hasn't been overly healthy in his first uh, full few seasons in the NFL. He's been incredibly successful. But he's been battling injuries all the way through. Yeah. Um. At, fir- at first blush, I thought, my God, ten-year deal. Like, what are you doing, Mahomes? But I think I have heard. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's some opt-out clauses for him, which would be good for him. And if that's the case, then it's not so bad. But I, I wish Seattle could sign Russell Wilson to like an eight-year deal or something like that. But he's actually been a smart uh, in terms of uh, him and his agent because they only want like three-year deals, four-year deals every time because the, the NFL quarterbacks will always continue to get paid. They're always the most important position, obviously. So they, you know, every single time, the, 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 the goalposts will move up every time for more contract money. So that, like we said, by year six, seven for Patrick Mahomes, he might be like the eighth, tenth highest-paid quarterback. Maybe not. It seems crazy to think, but you never know. He actually might be. Oh, so I, like, I, I, I actually don't even think he'll be, he won't even be top 10 by that point. If the NFL continues, and I hate, I hate this, how the NFL does it. It's kind of the next man up mentality. If, if Flacco gets this, then, you know, next quarterback's got to get this, which, which, which is fair in a sense, I guess, but it it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense to me, but we, we've had this debate because my, my whole, uh, my whole reasoning behind this was once you pay a quarterback in the NFL, uh, and he's and he's earning too much of the team's salary cap. They're just not going to win. And you, I, I even brought out the numbers on that Facebook chat there, Mike. And you just refused to uh, to uh, listen to the facts. Well, this was uh, specifically about Dak Prescott for the Cowboys, your favorite team, and he's clearly not the you know a top five quarterback in the NFL at this point. Uh, although now he has an actual actual head coach in Mike McCarthy. As about everyone for some reason hated him in Green Bay. He won a Super Bowl. He was very, very successful. Most teams would die for that record that he had in Green Bay. So he has an actual core, uh, coach now in Mike McCarthy as opposed to Jason Garrett, who was a puppet. And I'm still embarrassed that Seattle lost in a playoff game. Pete Carroll losing to Jason Garrett is embarrassing. But sad. It, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely horrendous. I cannot believe how they, why they didn't uh, throw the ball more with Wilson. But uh, it, uh, Prescott is probably, I would say, around a top, I don't know, 10-ish quarterback in the NFL I understand he's. Uh, you don't want to pay him like thirty-five, forty million. I get that. That does suck to have to do that. But it's so difficult to find a quarterback in the NFL. T- tell the Dolphins, who basically haven't had a quarterback since Dan Marino. The Bears haven't had a quarterback in like whatever thirty-five years. It's so difficult. The Cowboys even struggled to replace Troy Aikman for quite a quite a while. It's it's very very difficult. The Niners, after they had an incredible uh, Montana to Steve Young, they uh, had a bunch of clowns at quarterback for a while. So it's so difficult to find a quarterback in the NFL. When you actually have one, you got to keep him. You have to keep him. So trading Patrick Mahomes, no dice. Mike, when would you say the Cowboys finally got a good quarterback again after Aikman? Uh, it was my boy. I saw him in preseason, Tony Romo, 2006. I remember telling uh, my buddy George Nassios, another Cowboy f- uh, fan, you got to play this guy. Tony Romo is amazing. And he's like, who's, who's Tony Romo? He should be flipping pizzas in Italy somewhere. And I'm like, trust <laughs> me, man. This guy's good. He's better in blood. So at, at that point in his career... 
And that was very, very fortunate, right? An undrafted rookie. You don't expect uh, him to be uh, a very, very qu- uh, good quarterback. So, um, so who was who was the coach for the Cowboys at that point? Was it, that was Bill Parcells, I think, right? Yeah, the big tuna. That was the great Bill Parcells, the big tuna. So, mm. my my feeling is in the NFL, you pay impressive coaches, and they will create good quarterbacks. Uh, now, if your quarterback is completely useless, then yeah, you're you're out of luck. But at the end of the day, you find. Uh, you you pay whatever you want for a good coach, an amazing coach. So you got your Tomlins, your Belichicks, your big tunas, your okay. McCarthy's. We'll throw McCarthy Pete in there. Pete, uh, yep. Shanahan as well Pete. too. Uh, Pete Carroll. Uh, once Pete Carroll decided to throw uh, on the uh, on the one yard line, I think he officially lost his no. uh, great coach status. No, no, no. no. That, 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 that's an argument <laughs> that we've had before. Uh, that everyone everyone thinks is, uh, they should have ran the ball. That's exactly why you pass the ball because everyone thought they were going to run the ball. It's an, an exact reason why you pass it because everyone thought you were going to run it. If they would have been a successful in that pass, no one would have been talking about how that's a bad call. No one. Uh, so, so yeah, it was a bad call. I'm pretty sure you're the only one that still thinks it was a, no, it was a good call. That's but. entirely why it is a good call. Now, I didn't like the slant. They should have rolled Wilson out, give him a chance to run it in, throw it away, throw the ball in the end zone. I didn't like the the slant. I don't like a slant to a speed receiver who's not a physical guy. Like Ricardo Lockett was uh, was not exactly the the best receiver. So I, I, the, in terms of the slant, yes, I agree that wasn't good. Richard Sherman, he's uh, he's an educated man. He went to where did he go? Stanford. Yep. Stanford. Okay. He uh, plays football at a high level. Uh, he thought they should have ran the ball. Of course, so of course, I'm because it on. because it didn't work. <laughs> if it worked, at the, and no one remembers this because at the end of the first I think, half, I think I think I think Stanford was made. Uh, uh, I think uh, Sherman was making that base as Russell started kind of pulling out of the uh, of the position and started kind of uh, getting ready to throw the ball. No I think one, Sherman. Uh, I think I think he already saw it happening. No one He's remembers like, the start at the end of that. And in the first half, uh, Seattle should have gone for the field goal. They didn't. Pete Carroll went for the touchdown. They got the touchdown, and it was like, what a gutsy call! That's an incredible call. So same thing. If that play would have worked, and then Belichick would have been ripped because he wouldn't. He didn't call a timeout there because Seattle, I guess, was trying to figure out their play. It would have been like to about the 30 or so seconds left in the game. He would have been a, a completely crushed for not calling a timeout to give Tom Brady more time to get a touchdown. It's Again, narrative more than any other sport in football, especially, completely changes based on result. If Seattle completes that pass, everyone thinks it's the greatest play of all time because no one expected that throw. It didn't work. Of course, it sucks. But Pete Carroll, he has his, he has his, he has his blind spots. But all coaches do. Like I said, Mike McCarthy, even Mike Tomlin. There's so many coaches. Well, Even Bill Belichick has had a couple of controversial plays where he didn't play Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl against the, the Eagles. There, these coaches, they, 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 every coach, even the best ones, have Andy Reid until this year was his clock management sucks. It's like every coach uh, has their little weaknesses or whatever. So, no one's perfect, but Pete Carroll, pretty good coach. So Pete, Pete Carroll, he's in charge of the offense in Seattle. Not really. He's more the more of a defensive guy. He is more of a defensive guy. Okay, yeah, because their their offense has been. Archaic at best, right? So uh, last year was uh, better, but yeah, they're, they're def- they definitely need to let uh, Russell Wilson cook, and especially with paying him that much money. But I think that because their offensive line has been so horrendous for so many years, they've been scared to do that because if Russell Wilson got injured, good God, they'd be like a two-win team. So I think that they've been part of it. Part of it is to try to protect him a little bit against the fact that their offensive line has been atrocious. Yeah. Well, my my big my big uh, kind of concern is if the Cowboys spend way too much money on Dak Prescott, which Dak Prescott is, is a good quarterback. He, uh, I find like, I watch every Cowboys game. So I notice that he tends to look for Zeke a little too quick in the offense when he has plenty of time in the pocket. 
when he does have an open receiver, he tends to either overthrow the receiver slightly or underthrow the receiver. So there could be more big plays that could take place and he tends to miss out on them or he just flat out misses the uh, receiver 15, 20 yards down the field because he's too busy uh, dumping it off to Zeke for uh, six, six yard gains, which is, which is okay. But at the end of the day, you can't pay someone 35, 38 million dollars to be, you know, a game manager at best. So in that I, case, the way I look at, so in that case, uh, why would you sign a Murray Cooper to a massive deal receiver, uh, given the fact that uh, allegedly uh, Dak Prescott's bad at throwing uh, deep balls and all that stuff. If that is the case, why even pay Amari Cooper? Because he was a uh, jettison good word by, by the Raiders in the trade to the uh, to the Cowboys for I believe a first round pick. Uh, yeah, I, why would you pay him? It wasn't be like 20, 20 million or eighteen or something crazy. Uh, his contract. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Only only because he's not a top five receiver in the league. He's a top ten receiver. Uh, he didn't motivated. play well away from home. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't play well away from home. I like Gallup. I like I like our uh, our number one pick as well too. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Islam. It's 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 name. always it's always funny with the NFL draft. Like yeah. and uh, Eagles fans booed like McNabb when he was drafted, and uh, Texans fans hated JJ Watt. You're basically loving the uh, the selection of the position of the player for the most part. Most people, myself included, haven't watched a lot of these <laughs> college players. So you're like, oh, I can't believe they drafted that guy. I have no idea. I have literally no clue how he's going to pro- project to an NFL offense. I do think the Cowboys lost their chance to uh, to win their Super Bowl when when Dak was making minimal against the cap, right? We talk about like the greatest quarterbacks of the last, you know, 10, 20 years. So uh, I, I don't know. I've always been a Peyton, Peyton over Tom Brady fan. So uh, Brady, so when Peyton won in 06, he was making 10% of the team salary cap. So uh, if you look at other, like Brady was making next to nothing against the cap when he won his first three and he always took pay cuts. So he stayed at the 10%. And in 2016, he made 8%. He made less than 10% uh, last year when they are uh, not last year, two years ago when they won again too. Uh, Russell, when Wilson, when he won, they were, he was making nothing. under 5%. Ben Roethlisberger, the two uh, Super Bowls he won, he was making well, under six. The first, the first he Super Bowl paid. he won was a complete joke because the, the 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 referees completely gave that game to the the Steelers against Seattle in two thousand six. I'm still bitter about that game. I'm way more mad about but, that game. The fact there was like three, four, five calls that were absolutely horrendous. Even the Steelers admitted they knew the calls were horrible. I'm way more bitter. If you look at, at Ben Roethlisberger's stat line that game, I think he was like nine of twenty three for like one hundred and twenty one yards. Like he was horrific yeah. in that game. And, uh, yeah, no, the, the, I, I remember because I was I was oh. actually cheering for Seattle because I didn't want Pittsburgh to win another Super Bowl and uh, and get even closer to the Cowboys' uh, record for number of Super Bowl wins. And I, I there was uh, there, I, for, I forget there was like a goal line play that was absolutely uh, there was uh, a Daryl like, Jackson was, the push off uh, even though he caught, he caught the touchdown they said it pushed off there was a um, Jeremy Stevens catch to the one yard line but they said it was like holding they said there was a chop block on Matt Hasselbeck after he threw an interception. But he threw the interception, so now he's on defense, essentially, the quarterback. He tackled the guy. That's a chop. It's not a chop block if you're essentially on defense after throwing an in, in interception. And then the Ben yeah. Roethlisberger at the one-yard line, he said that the next day on Letterman, he's like, I didn't get in the end zone there, but they called it a touchdown. Like, there were so many, like, because <laughs> uh, they wanted Jerome Bettis to win the Super Bowl because, you know, he's in Detroit's last game with Pittsburgh, blah, blah, blah. At that point, Seattle was a nothing franchise. No one cared about them. So it was like, Yeah. Sorry, I'm a little uh, triggered again. Well, who, uh, who was way, it? We had uh, Hasselback and uh, was the Hasselback Sean Alexander. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, who was the big receiver? I think he eventually went to uh, go play for the Patriots, right? Was it Dion Branch? Was no, he on the no. team at that point? Branch came, went to Seattle a couple years later in a trade from the Patriots oh, okay. to Seattle. Uh, it was probably Daryl Jackson, Corn Robinson, th- those types of receivers. They were Bobby Engram was fine. By the way, C.D. Lamb was a receiver at Dallas. Uh, C.D. Lamb, oh, there we go. Yeah. So I got it right, Lamb. Yeah, yeah so he's going to be great because I can uh, remember his name. But <laughs> so so if you if you look now, quarterbacks are getting paid twenty percent of the cap. No quarterbacks winning. With with the twenty percent of the cap, like Aaron Rodgers, when he won his Super Bowl, that was a weird year. But that was really before he got paid the big big bucks. And then since then, he hasn't he hasn't sniffed a Super Bowl either, right? So I'm surprised just, that uh, Mahomes didn't get a deal where his contract is tied to the percentage of the cap. To where he was he was trying to do that. I think he was he was pushing for that, and that's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, obviously. Uh, he took he uh, took what he could get, and he. I guess with those opt outs, though, that's pretty big, because at the end of the day, very he's not he's not he's not staying he's not staying in that contract for ten years. There's no, no way. So th- that is a pretty good. And in terms of that, he can obviously demand more money, and if he's still really good, which he probably will be, and of course the Chiefs will pay even more. So in that sense, it's not a, as bad as a deal as as I originally thought with Mahomes. At first, I was like, "What are you doing? Ten years? Like that's in, that's, that's insanity in the NFL." But. Uh, I get it. I understand. It's way better when you have to uh, you know, pay a quarterback peanuts, but it's so difficult to find a quarterback. I know you know, the Cowboys <laughs> wanted uh, Johnny Menzel. They wanted um, uh, Paxton Lynch, all, all these quarterbacks. They're first-round picks, and they're horrible. Brandon Whedon, and it's like you just never know. It's, it's basically a 50-50 proposition with quarterbacks, so you can't set your franchise to back three, four years, especially Jerry Jones being as old as he is. He, uh, he needs to win right now. Now, a lot of, a lot of these top-ranked QBs often get drafted by horrible teams, though, right? True. So that's yeah. that's that's where it goes back to coaching in the NFL is the most important protection schemes, play calling. Like the NFL is the is the absolute most important sport when it comes to coaching. Absolutely, definitely not even yeah. close in my opinion. Yeah, Mike, you started as a, a scrawny boy working the local Kojiko win arm prior, and now you made it big time in uh, in Toronto. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been an honor to. Uh, name drop you it's difficult when i name drop you i often have to explain who you are and what you do so it's difficult to name drop it it mm. doesn't really get me anywhere but right. nice to see that you've uh you've made something of yourself sir <laughs> yeah is, is coach still an arm prayer? probably not eh? uh i think i think he's still getting like uh like just like rogers and bell i, I think you can get kojiko tv uh i don't know if there there must be a local kojiko channel like what was it channel 22 kojiko um, oh, man, to look at those yeah. old videos, uh, oh my God, I'm sure it would be <laughs> do, you, do you still have those? I think I have them somewhere, or my, or my parents have them. I actually, I'm not too sure, to be honest, but I was actually thinking about that today. I, I got into Niagara College. I, I did a video to, I guess, uh, appeal to them to say, hey, I want to get into this college, and that's what I did uh, uh, coming out of high school. Uh, thankfully, I got into there, and then eventually, you know, the snowball works, and now I'm at TSN, but... Uh, I would like lo- I would love to watch a video of me uh, talking to Niagara College, saying I should be uh, going there because I'm sure it was horrific. Oh, I, I remember you you played part for one you because uh, every day after school you'd be going to the Kojiko offices there, and you would already be dressed to impress at school. You had the suit on, you're ready to go walking down the hall, suited up better than all the teachers. <laughs> and uh, the the only thing I can remember from your Kojiko videos were you had this. Uh, this creepy smile at the end of all the videos mm-hmm. there. That's the only thing that I can remember from that, but not much. Luckily you have the, 
You have the, well, you have the COVID beard to cover up the uh, the creepy smile now at this point. <laughs> yeah, so. Not much has changed, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Spiros, for uh, it was a, a scintillating, good word, uh, discussion on the the, H, the milestone episode of the H-Dog pod, the episode 30. I appreciate you coming on, and we'll have to do it again. Thanks for having me, Hound Dog. It's an honor. Wow, what an electric discussion. I always love on this podcast when the conversation flows instead of it being interviewee. Is that even a word? Spiros was so good with all his hot takes, even if some were horrifically wrong, especially about Tiger Woods not being the GOAT and the Seahawks passing on the goal line in the Super Bowl. This was a 30th episode of the H-Dog Pod, and I'm so thankful to have been able to make so many episodes along with my fantastic editor, Grant Nabesy Roberts, who I actually had on as my guest in episode 22. And since it was a milestone episode, I must again reiterate, is that even a good word? How amazing and incredible and the best Milestone Restaurants are my first ever sponsor for the H-Dog Pod. Thank you so much for listening to episode 30. This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Whoa, I am back after a few week absence. I know you missed. Whoa, what was that sound? That was my stomach kind of. Yikes. Do you hear that? I don't know if you heard that, but that sounded like I was hungry. Ole.